Glove powers in the hand. And God takes off one glove and he puts on another one. And he takes off another glove and he puts on another one. And God is always then putting on new gloves and taking off old gloves and retiring gloves and putting, and I'm just a glove. Hallelujah. That's all I am. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do anything. All I am is a glove. God steps inside of me. And when he steps inside of me and stuff happens and people go, oh, look at the glove. Don't look at the glove. Look at the hand inside the glove. Look at the power inside the man. It's not the man. It's the God in the man. So number one, I see that the, that the man of God may die, but the God of the man lives. The second thing I see is I see the faithfulness of God in this. <laughs> what are you talking about? You see the faithfulness of God. Where's the God of Elijah? I want twice what you have. If you see me when I go, you can have what you ask for. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Right? The God of Elijah is upon Elisha. There's twice as much anointing upon him. And the scripture bears it out. Because when you read and when you study and the scholars tell us there were 48 miracles that Elijah and Elisha combined performed. But the thing is, Elijah performed 16 miracles. Elisha, at this point, performed 31 miracles. And if it's going to be twice as many, it's not 31, it's 32. But Elisha died of the sickness whereof he was sick without performing that 32nd until they laid him in the grave. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know why he wasn't covered up. You can ask him when you get to heaven. For some reason, the grave was open. They saw the, 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 the marauders coming and, 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 try, and they were hiding the man. They threw the man into the, the grave. And when the, when the man's body hit the bones of the old prophet. So it must have been a while. Because there was no flesh. It doesn't say when the, man, when, when, when the man's body hit the flesh of the old prophet. It says he hit the bones of the old prophet. When he hit the bones of the old prophet, I mean, they threw him, and all of a sudden, he hit the bone, and, and can you imagine being that man? The last thing I remember, I was at home in bed. <laughs> they were, they were all, they, they were all around my, they, they were all, all around my bed, they were all looking at me, like, he said, next thing I know, I went to sleep. I was at home, went to sleep, woke up, in a grave next to some bones. <laughs> they told me what happened afterwards. Right? I see in this, I see the faithfulness of God. Because God said, look, you're going to receive twice. Because that's what you asked for. 
He hadn't received quite twice until that event. That proved he had exactly what he asked for. Why? Well, because God's gonna, he's gonna fulfill his promise to you. Amen. Yeah. Even if you're not around to see him. I mean, if God has spoken something to you and you die, he's still gonna do it. Even if you're not around to see him. If God says to you, your children are going to be saved, your grandchildren are going to be saved, that one's going to be healed, this one's going to be delivered, this is going to happen, God's going to do it. You might not be around to see it, but God's still going to do it. Why? Because God is faithful to fulfill his word, even if you're not around to see it. Hello? Amen. Come on, there are things that God's spoken to you that you haven't seen yet. There are promises he's given to you in the secret place that you haven't seen. And you know what happens when we don't see the promises? that God promised us and, 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 and we expect to see it by Tuesday? Hello? We get discouraged and we think, oh, God's not going to do it. Maybe I didn't hear from God. Maybe I got, got my wires crossed. Or, or, and, and we just and, and we kind of write it off. We, we, we have a tendency, I, at least I do. Can I just, Terry, I, I have a tendency of just saying, okay, well, maybe, maybe God didn't want to do that. And hey, that's his prerogative, right? Right. Because sometimes God answers prayers, yes. Sometimes he answers it, no. Right. But a lot of times he answers it, wait a while. Yeah. And I can have I can handle the no. Just don't tell me wait a while, Lord. Right? right. And so and so and, 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 and so in this I see the faithfulness of God. Because God is faithful to fulfill the promise or the request of the man of God. And sometimes we pray, we believe, we fast, we do all that we know to do, and we still don't see the answer we're hoping for. But that doesn't mean that God isn't going to answer. See, see, David Wilkerson said this. He said, to believe when everything around you fails is true faith and pleasing to God. Let me say that again. This didn't come from me. This came from Brother Wilkerson. He said, to believe when everything around you fails is true faith and is pleasing to God. And he and, 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 and here's what he says. He says, he said, blessed are those who believe when there is no evidence of an answer to prayer. And, and here's what he writes. I just let, let me let me just read this. I don't I don't normally read things when I preach, but but I thought this was worth 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 repeating. And I wanted to repeat it right. So here's what here's what Brother Wilkerson read or what he wrote. He said, a loved one is facing death, and the doctors give no hope. Death seems inevitable. Hope is gone. The miracle prayed for is not happening. He said, that is when Satan's hordes come to attack your mind with fear, with anger, and with overwhelming questions. And they say, where is your God now? You prayed until you had no tears left. You fasted. You stood on promises. You trusted. He said blasphemous thoughts will be injected into your mind. Thoughts like prayer failed. Faith failed. Don't quit God. Just don't trust him anymore. Because he doesn't pay. 
And then he says, even questioning God's existence will be injected into your mind. He said, these have been Satan's devices for centuries. And some of the godliest men and women who ever lived were under such demonic attacks. And then he ends it by saying this, to those going through the valley and shadow of death, hear this word. Weeping will last through some dark and awful nights. And in that darkness, you will soon hear the Father whisper, I'm with you. It was not an accident. I cannot tell you right why right now, but one day, it will all make sense. And you will see, it was all part of my plan. That was written and was printed and came out the day that Brother Wilkerson and his wife Wynn went across the media and hit a car head on. And the next thing that his family read as it was posted that day was this, you'll hear the father whisper, I'm with you. It was not an accident. I cannot tell you why right now, but one day it will all make sense. Hmm. Have you ever had that dark night in the soul? Have you ever had the hordes of hell come and whisper in your ear? Don't quit, God. Just stop trusting. Because it doesn't work. Right? And we go through, but, but, but in the midst of all of that, I think, I think if there's anything God sent me to say to you tonight is God is still faithful. Even if we're not, he still is, right? Right. And the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows forth his handiwork. And if you, if you want to see, if you want to see the faithfulness of God, all you have to do is look out that window. God's faithful. Got on a plane this morning. We lifted up out of the clouds in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I looked out and I could see the blue sky. And I could see the beautiful sunrise. And here's the thing. The sun rose yesterday too. And it rose the day before that. And 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 all this year, for 365 days, the sun rose. <laughs> Go figure. But it didn't just rise all year this year. It rose all year last year. And it rose... For every day in this past decade, and it rose for every day in this past century, and it rose every day in this past millennium. For the past 2,000, 3,000, who knows, 6,000, who knows how long, every, every day the sun gets up. And it does its job. It doesn't care if you don't see it. 
It doesn't care if you don't appreciate it. <laughs> the sun is doing the job of the sun. And he's shining. <laughs> right? Brother yeah. Austin, would you help me out? No, no, no. I want Aim to help me out. Come and be my son. Come and be my son, son. Oh, because you look like a good son. Come on up here. And just shine. Just shine. Just, just, just. Oh. Pick the right guy. You shine well. Keep shining. That's your job. Your job is to shine. Come on. Enjoy shining. Enjoy. You're not even here. You're not even here. You're just enjoying shining. Shine, baby, shine. Hallelujah. So if the sun is always shining, shine. If the sun is always shining, then why is it that sometimes in my life it gets dark? Right? Well, I think it's because we understand that <laughs> we understand that the sun is moving in an orbit. Right? Scientists have figured all this stuff out. People smarter than everybody in this room have figured all this stuff out. And so the sun's always shining, but the sun has its orbit. But the earth revolves around the sun. Right? Just lift them up high, bro. <laughs> The earth is revolving around the sun while the sun is revolving in its own orbit. But, 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 but the earth isn't revolving like this. Right? The, the earth is revolving like this. Right? I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> so you get it, right? So if the earth is... If the earth is turning on its axis, the sun is, is in its own orbit, we're in our own orbit, we're revolving around the sun, and we're doing this? Why does it get dark? Here's why it gets dark. The earth turns away from the sun. And when the earth turns away from the sun, the people that are away from the sun, it's night. But if you turn back towards the sun, then it becomes day again. Are you following me? You say, why are you doing all of this? Here's why I'm doing this. The sun is always shining. The sun never stops shining. The sun is always the sun. Even if there's darkness in your life. But if, if you find yourself in darkness, all you have to do is turn back toward the sun. And if you turn back toward the sun, it will be light in your life again. And so if there's darkness in your life, you ask yourself, God, where have I turned away from you? God, have I, have, am I not in the secret place? Am I not in your word anymore? God, have I turned away from you somehow? And if I turned away from you somehow and there's darkness in my life, God, let me turn back to you. And as I turn back to you, I know that you're, 
your, 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 your light will come back in. I know that the joys will be restored. And I know that illumination will once again encourage me and help me to see that you're still the faithful God. Hallelujah. You're still shining. Even though my life has been dark, you are still doing your job. Because God is a faithful God. Give this guy a hand. Hallelujah. You did good. Stay right there. I've got another illustration to use you in tomorrow night. Hallelujah. You're my man. You will remember me forever. I just did. Didn't he do a good job? Yeah. So, so, so first of all, what, what, what do we see? Here's what we see. We see first of all that 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 that, that the vessel may die. But the God of the vessel continues. When the devil is trying to bury us, when the, when the world has written out our, our funeral and made our funeral arrangements, we need to see that, that the, 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 the man of God may die, but the God of the man continues. We need to see that God is a faithful God, even when we pray and it doesn't happen like we think it ought to happen, God is still shining. Because he's a faithful God. Amen. But the last thing I see here is, and, and this is no, this is no, what's the word I'm looking for? No reflection? No <laughs> indictment? That's the word. This is not an indictment upon Elisha, but obviously he took something to the grave that maybe he should have left over here. Are you following me? Yeah. I, I asked myself the question. How is it? <laughs> That they throw facetious. You've been around for a little while, you've seen it too. Right? We've seen men of God that have that have not wanted to impart. They won't teach anybody how to preach like they preach. Because if they teach someone how to preach like they preach, maybe those young people preach better than they preach. If those young people preach better than they preach, then those young people might 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 just take their job someday. Man, isn't that the plan? Amen. Hello? Man, give what you got. You see, we all have we all have within us a seed of greatness. But if there's anything I know about a seed, Terry, a seed has to be planted. That's right. I'm not I, I can have the best seed in the world. Grow the best corn, the best wheat, the best whatever you want to grow. I can have that seed. Nurtured and cultivated, and, and, and we can extract seeds, and we can we can grow seeds together, and we can cross pollinate, and all that kind of stuff, right? We can engineer seeds that can grow anywhere, but if the seeds are never planted, then the seeds aren't going to do anybody any good. Right? If we walk around with our seed, say this is my seed, this is my church. Well, I think we talked a little bit about that earlier. It's not your church. Right. It's his church. Right. You're just the eunuch. Hello. Right. And if you if you start claiming that bride is your own, when the king comes back, 
I do not want to be standing in your shoes. Come on, somebody. Love the way you're shouting tonight. But 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. If there's anything I've, I've learned, a seed has to be planted. It has to be given away. But it can't just be planted. It can't just be given away. There 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 is a there is a there is a symbiotic relationship here between the ground and the seed. The ground needs the seed, but the seed needs the ground as much as the ground needs the seed. Right? There has to be a giving, there has to be a planting, but there also has to be a receding. And if there's no one to receive, there's no one saying, Pastor, we want what you have. Pastor, we want to, we, we, we want to go where you want. Are, are, you, are you following the analogy here tonight? And so, and so I think there's a lot of anointing that's in the grave. I think there are gifts that are being taken to the grave. Can I, can I submit to you? The richest place in Nome, Alaska, we pastor picked me up. I looked out in the bay. Did you guys call it a bay? What do you call it out here in the water? In the sound. Thank you. Because last time I was here, I said that seals are on the tundra. <laughs> he reminded me of that. He came up to me and said, seals are not on the tundra. But thank you. Thank you. I won't say that again. And I won't call that a bay. I'll call it a sound. <laughs> Pastor picked me up and we were driving over here. And as we were driving over here, I looked over and I I've seen, I've seen the shows about Noah and the gold. That's out there in the sound that people are dredging for all the time. And they're getting gold all the time. And if you look at me and go, you know what? That's the richest place in Alaska. That's the richest place in Nome. Can I submit to you? Richest place in Nome isn't in the sound. The richest place in the world. It's not the diamond mines of South Africa. It's not the not the oil fields of Iran and Saudi Arabia. It's you know the the, the the richest place in the world. I can show you the richest place in the world. I can show you the richest place in this in this community. We can walk out these doors. We can walk down the street. As we walk down the street, we're going to take a turn and we're going to go toward the airport. But before we take the turn toward the airport, there's a hill up there that is called a graveyard. And I looked and I saw white crosses and white stones and I looked up on the hill and it was an amazing contrast because on one side there was the sound and people were thinking that the richest place in the in Nome is in the sound whereas if you look on the other side the richest place in Nome is on the hill you say what do you mean the richest place is on the hill the richest place in Nome is on the hill because there are things that have been taken to the grave there are songs that should have been sang that were not sung. There are books that should have been written that were not written. There are plays that have been taken to the grave that should have been that should have been produced that weren't produced. There are probably sermons up on that hillside that should have been preached. There, there's so much in the graveyard and my my encouragement to you, if there's, if there's anything I can do to encourage you, here, let me encourage you. When you die, don't die old. Die empty. 
difference between dying old and dying empty. The grave expects you to bring all of your songs because people have brought their songs for years and years. The grave expects you to bring your movies, your scripts, your sermons, to bring your ideas, to bring those businesses that have never been, been, been established. He, the grave expects all those things because the grave has been getting all those things for years and years and years. And the grave expects to be enriched when you die. And here's my encouragement to you. Disappoint the grave when you, when you die. Don't take your treasures. Don't take your books. Don't take your music. Don't take your magazines. Don't take the businesses. Don't take the visions that you have in your heart. Don't take the poetry. Don't take the films. Don't take the ministries. Don't take the ideas. See, there are inventions that were never mass produced and campaigns that were never run. I'm here to tell you that there are marathons that you have to run and graduate courses for which you have not yet enrolled in place for which you have never. And some of you have been planning to do something for the last 20 years and stop planning on doing something and get up and do it now. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't take the gift that God has given you to the grave. We need your gift. Amen. Your family needs your gift. Your community needs your gift. Your ideas that God has given you. There are visions that God has planted in your heart. There are things that God has, has planted inside of you that need to be given. And the worst thing we can do is take them to the grave with us. Amen. There are songs that God has given you. There are dreams that God has placed in your spirit. There are things that God not only has given you, but is going to give you. And my encouragement to you is don't take those things to the grave because the world needs what you have. Your community needs what you have. No needs what you have. Imanic needs what you have. Bethel needs what you have. Alaska needs what you have. Don't take it to the grave. You look at this scripture. Here's what I see. God's a faithful God. I see that the man of God may die, but the God of the man lives on. And I see that there's a gift in you that's just waiting to be drawn out by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can't draw it out if we hold it to ourselves. And we say, no, I'm not going to write the song because they'll laugh at me. I'm not going to write that movie script because people will think I'm crazy. I'm not going to try to go to school and get a degree in business and build things because all my friends will laugh at me and my family will think that I'm trying to be somebody. Listen, you are somebody. Not because you are, but because God has created you in his image and he's placed something inside your heart and there's a gift that needs to be distributed. Somebody's going to write the movies, why not you? Somebody's going to act in those films. Why not you? Somebody's going to build. Somebody's going to do. Somebody's going to do it. Why not you? Oh, it's because I'm old. No, 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 no. Stop saying that. That's a lie of the devil. Oh, I don't have anything to offer. You have so much. There is gold in Noah. It's just not out there. It's in there. And tonight, we can't hold on to it. We've got to give it out. And we've got to make the deposit. Because the next generation 
needs that you have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Ask our sister Jennifer. Come back. Bring you one more illustration. I'm asking you to come to the. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, he looked at me. He was ready to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift your hands with me tonight. Father, I've done my best and I've given I've given this people where I feel that you've laid upon my heart tonight to give them. And God, that's all I can do. And I pray, Father, that they've heard the voice within the voice. And I pray that they've heard the sermon within the sermon. And they felt the presence within the presence. And I believe God right now is beginning to speak to people. And he's beginning to show you your gift. The anointing, the mantle he's given you. you received from Elijah? Did they wrap up the old man's bones in it, his body, and bury him with it? God, I don't know. All we know was that there was power in the grave when the world needed that power. And God, I pray that you would help us not to take our gift to the grave. I pray that you begin to show people right now all over this place the gift that you've given them. For some, it's a dream. For some young people in this place, it's, 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 your, it's your mental capacity to learn and to become. Let me say that again. I believe, that there are, I believe that there are somebody in this place tonight. We don't know who you are. In fact, you don't know who you are. If we knew who you were, we would be, we would be beside ourselves. There might be a future governor in this place tonight. You might be a future chief of your community or who knows, future vice president, future president, who knows. Two things I want to say to you. I just want, to, want you to look at me and, and then we're going we're to open up the altars and I'm going to pray for people who want prayer. David showed up and nobody knew who David was. And his brother said, why, why do you come just to check out the battle? He snot nose a little brat. Right? He said to his brother, what have I done now? What have I done now? Why, why, why did he say Because his brother had been writing him. That's how big brothers do. What have I done now? David didn't know who he was. Saul didn't know who he was. Goliath surely didn't know who he was. If Goliath knew who David was, Goliath would have shut his big mouth. Come on, somebody. 
Nobody recognized who David was because there's unrecognized potential in the house. And tonight there's some of you, you don't know who you are. And God's breathing vision in you. God's breathing dreams in you. My son, my son was 14 years old. And he was in a meeting like this. And he came to the altar. And while he was at the altar, God showed him himself in a white coat. And there was a lady on a bed. And he just looked at her in his vision. He looked at her and he said, there's nothing more we can do. All we can do now is pray. He came to me after the meeting. He said, Dad, I think God's called me to medicine. I said, really? Tell me why. And he told me the story. And I said, you saw yourself in a white coat? And you told the lady that there's nothing more you can do? And so all we can do now is pray? And he said, yes. I said, you sure God isn't calling you to be a healing evangelist? Because that's what we preachers think. Right? Healing evangelist. He said, no, I think God's calling me to medicine. He was a 14-year-old boy. He buckled down. He started taking... AP classes and all kinds of, and he started studying his head off. He got a full ride scholarship to a place called Creighton University. $40,000 a year to go to that university. He graduated. He said, Dad, I want to go to medical school. I want to go to the University of Nebraska Medical Center. He said, but they're not taking anybody. Pray that I'll get in. He got in. He graduated. He said, pray that I'll be able to go to Des Moines because if I go to Des Moines, we can start, I can, I can begin to do surgeries day one. Guess where he went to? Went to his residency, Des Moines. He graduated, I don't know, four or five years ago, whatever it is. He said, Dad, I got two offers. Crazy money, Jeff. Crazy money. I got an offer to go to Iowa, Pella, Iowa. Or I got an offer to go to Rapid City, South Dakota. I said, go to Iowa. You can buy 100, 200 acres. We can grow deer. <laughs> yeah. do some quality deer management he said no I really feel God wants me to go to Rapid City because I'm supposed to make a difference in native health care kids don't listen to you Amen. so he's in Rapid City making a difference in native health care not making money you get made in Iowa we don't have a place where we can hunt deer I'm saying that here because I know I just know somebody's gonna invite me to hunt caribou up here. <laughs> and moose and seal on the tundra. <laughs> what, are you say, what are you saying all this stuff for? I'm hinting, trying to get an invitation. I'm just kidding. What are you saying all that for? I'm saying because it's an atmosphere like this. That God can plant something in your heart. Maybe even something that you don't know. And God can begin to draw stuff out of you that you don't know that's in you. Because I believe that there's somebody here. I do. I believe that there's somebody here. That we, you don't know who you are. And we don't know who you are. And if we did, we would be totally blown away because of the plans that God has. God wants to use you. And so tonight, I'm just going to open up the altars. And if you're here and you say, God, I want you to show me my gift. Or God, I know there's a gift, but it's laid dormant. 
And I don't want to take my gift to the grave. I want to give it away to somebody. Amen. Tonight I'm opening up the altars and I'm just going to invite you to come. Whoever wants prayer or whoever wants to pray. You don't necessarily need someone to pray for you. You just need to get along with Jesus. Amen. And I'll pray for you if you come. So, Jennifer, go ahead. What was that song were we singing earlier? That was an amazing song. That last song we sang. Yes. Can we sing that again? Alright, let's do that. As we sing the song, let's open up the altars. Let's just seek the Lord while He may be found. Let's draw 19 while He's there. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you for your word tonight.